0: uh hi liz how are you i'm to great the now. seventh episode now.
1: Yeah. wow seven yeah. episodes you guys yeah. are flying
0: uh yeah indeed it is fl- it's seventh or six yeah okay it's six then
1: um i'm an artist not a math major
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the point <laughs> hi how are you
1: really well how are you
0: uh we are doing fine end of semester stuff but we are doing well
1: okay yeah
0: thank you for being here obviously thank you for having me and thank you for everything that you have done for us so far the english classes the academic workshops this semester drama club (laughs) (laughs) like drama club is if i'm gonna remember something out of this uni it's a few things and drama club is one of them
1: well thank you yeah for the record i did not sponsor this podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah she didn't of
1: course yeah (laughs) Now we go to our sponsor, Trauma Club. Yeah. Join it. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: it's very not very suspicious that you are the advisor for Baradice Club and you are a guest at Baradice Talk. Not even and all. you are, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Very sus. <laughs> so, how are you? How's life?
1: Life is the end of the semester, so it's kind of, you know, a bit of a challenge for everybody. But we're powering through. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: how is the academic workshops and everything? How is uni?
1: Um. Seems like the students are doing the usual spring struggle. Um. It's always hard to find a good balance at this time of year because the weather's nice. Yeah. Um. So. Your motivation is not always in your classes after being cooped up all winter. That's not only in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But double down with it being picnic season, yeah. that definitely doesn't help. People have family pressure, social pressure, and then academic pressure on top of it. So I think in a couple of weeks, we're all going to be in a better place. You yeah. guys can relax and we can relax.
0: Yeah, the thing is, like, the semester has a lot of holidays jammed into it. We yeah. have no we have eight, we have many other things. Whereas like in the fall, it's only, I don't know, a couple of days maybe. Like last semester we had the elections, but that's it. Yep. So yeah, that's always like agitate. Like your focus on the material, you would start forgetting stuff because you're always jumping back and into classes and everything.
1: Yeah, this is actually the first year that we have had the entirety of Ramadan in the spring semester. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, and unfortunately, because of COVID, we didn't get the slow ease. So <laughs> um, 2021, by the time Ramadan rolled around, we were, we were online again. And 2020, obviously, we were online. So it wasn't like we kind of could slowly ease into it a little bit by a little bit. It was more, oh, hey, cool. We're back in person. <laughs> oh, hey, cool. We have to worry about all of Ramadan being during the school year. And we have two-weeks holidays because we have Melrose and we have Eid. Great. Not great. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, that's like one of the things that seems very effective on students right now. But since you also talked about online, like how did that went through for you personally?
1: For me personally? Yeah. For me personally... (laughs) All right. I'm going to be very honest yeah. about this one. Yeah. For me personally, it's part of the reason why I'm still at AYS right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a limited contract when COVID hit. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out what my next opportunity was going to be, because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to stay in APP the way I'd been teaching previously. Um and COVID hit, and I was the only person left in the uni who had been a Moodle trainer. So That's I went. Good. I wound up staying in order to help the other faculty members learn how to use Moodle yeah. that had never had to use it previously. So that was that was a bit odd. Um, but that was the initial part where it was like, "Wow, okay, I'll stay. I'll do this. I'll do faculty training." Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the reality of Oh no! There is literally an international pandemic in the world. That's probably not a good thing.
0: Yeah, and you, <laughs> you stayed in Suli during the whole thing.
1: Or? I did. I was in Suli for eighteen months straight. From February. Yeah? From January twenty twenty until May twenty twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a lot. That's fifteen
0: months. Yeah. Yeah. And just me and my dog in my apartment yeah and like, how do you think the university dealt with the situation like objectively, when we look at it back back then
1: um technically, we're still in it, so I'm not ready to have an objective reflection yet,
0: yeah, but maybe if like not an objective one, <laughs> <laughs> a biased opinion about it.
1: <laughs> a biased opinion, looking at what a u i s did um in the midst of a really, really bad emergency yeah. um, i'm really proud of what we were able to accomplish and as rapid as we did it
0: yeah yeah same here like when i see how long it took others to achieve what we've done like a bit of what we have done in a few days or a few weeks that's really impressive yeah like we didn't get back on anything we were right on track with the online thing and Yeah, fun times.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a challenge. Um, The the hard thing about COVID, the hard thing about any kind of really big emergency like that uh, is the long-term toll that -hmm. it takes on people. Yeah. So, yes, we had an emergency situation. Yes, we dealt with that well. Now the next step has to be how do we deal with the recovery after that, as the emergency goes down? And how do you think
0: that's possible?
1: I think it's gonna be a little bit different for everybody. It's different for the students, it's different for the faculty, it's different for the admin. Mm. And it's about finding what works, for not, f- not for the group, but making sure individuals know to look and say, I don't just have to power through this and go to the next thing. I should probably take a pause and make sure I'm okay before i power through the next thing because that leads to greater success with your next attempt at something new
0: yeah and like we've been back this semester and like we have been back on campus since last semester and since you have like interacted with many students like how much do you think like this whole thing affected us Like let's say now for the short run, because we don't know how the the run will turn out, yeah.
1: Coming up with the hard questions.
0: (laughs) There is a point for the Yeah.
1: So because we live in a society where the expectation is if something bad happens to you, oh well. Something bad happens to everybody. Yeah. Move on to the next thing. I think that is going to be really hard for a lot of people, you guys, especially as college students, because you were in a really important transition as far as where you are in your life. You were going from teenagers into young adults. And having that transition be disrupted the way that it was, I think is going to be challenging. I think it could make your group a bit more compassionate later, though, Mm. where you saw
0: how bad can get
1: yeah you really saw the ups and downs and the reality of okay this isn't about where i live this is about the whole world and bad things happened and i think you're that little group of people that went from high school into college during that time or from college into graduate school could create some really important compassion that we're going to need eventually yeah and
0: I think it's also affected like the new students and like first semester students more than it affected like older students because like what I've seen from older students like they've been around here they have done almost everything at uni and they're just waiting to get their like certificate and like go away but like for new students they haven't used Moodle that much they haven't used Sonus that much they don't know the structure of university they don't know how to like deal with like the basic or students' issues and things that they we have to deal with every semester. So doing all that while you are away from like the headquarters of uni was a very bit challenging, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. The difference between existing students and new students during that time was our existing students, especially those who graduated during COVID, yeah. had the promise their entire time work hard and this is what you'll get the end work hard (laughs) and this is the celebration work hard and this will be your moment Mm. and then that moment that promise was broken yeah and so there's there's a deep sadness that kind of comes from not being able to have that celebration moment not being able to walk down the graduation rug and get your picture you know with president bruce and have your whole family like yell and cheer and be excited for you and things like that. They're, the work that you guys put in deserves celebration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the third thing about like they did uh, the graduation ceremonies online for 2020,
1: I think. For 2020 and for 21, there were online graduations. Yeah. Luckily, in fall 21, we were able to do a joint graduation in person, mm. um, still socially distant. But we did it in person. Families were allowed to come to that one. And they finally got to have that moment.
0: Yeah, because like for the 20 or 21 version of like the online thing, they had like Ahmed al-Bashir. Do you know? The, uh, the, and it was really sad because they wanted to bring him here, like actually to Uni. And that would have been like so much. Because like I've been watching like his uh, satire for since since he started. Yeah, That would have been really nice like for me. And of course for like graduate students to meet him on their like big day that would have been very nice but we still had him virtually yeah yeah that's a bit nice but yeah things happen lives move on
1: and now as you were saying the challenge is for the newer students Mm. to make sure that we as the employees of the uni get you guys to the point where you feel comfortable being at uni you know who to go to it's not just an email. We have to put our faces out there, so you yeah. know, not just, oh hey, that's Liz, but who the heck is Liz? I don't know who that woman is. She's just yeah. the.
0: I I wish if there was like a podcast episode with Liz, so we can like, know who is she before like going and talking to Liz. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. there will be. Hey, yeah. hi, how you doing? <laughs> so, uh. How do you think we as like, fourth semester students and like older students should deal with and go with the newer students?
1: So let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. How can you as the fourth semesters help the newer students to yeah, adjust? Help or, yeah, or mostly. Or because you're fourth semesters, but... Your first two were during COVID.
0: Yeah. You're so still we are, we are slot two.
1: You're still kind of the new students too. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm gonna ask you guys to read your emails from that one a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do that, but I know many people who do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when you get those AUIS student services emails, don't just go Oh yeah, whatever. And delete. <laughs> Yeah. Those, those shameless, are, like, shameless plug for student services.
0: <laughs> <laughs> those are always fun. Like they have like that attachment for things that are going through the week. They have a couple of discounts for your students. That's always nice.
1: Um, and for you as someone who is a club leader, I know that you have a lot of conversations with Owen yeah. and other members of the student services team. Um, when you're talking with your friends, You are a great example of, I had the motivation, I had the idea, let's start a club, let's get something going. Our students are brilliant. And they come up with some really cool ideas, but because of those semester gaps, they don't always know who to go to to talk and say, hey, how do I develop this idea while I'm here more? Mm. So I think as someone who's in their fourth semester that has taken the initiative to say, hey, I got an idea, how do I make this happen? I think he would be a really really good mentor for incoming students for how to develop an idea into a club into action. Yeah. Into what all this work that you're doing right now. I think you're a great example of that.
0: I don't know because like what I've also seen like with new students like we were like new students once and most of the things that we heard from like older people like we just ignored it and we started doing the same thing and also like the cycle of mistakes and fops also reoccurred again and again. So is it like a good thing to, like, I know like some people would try to benefit from that, but I also think many people would just want to go on their own and like have their own failures Yeah. <laughs> instead of listening to others. Yeah, that's always nice too. So,
1: <laughs>
0: talk to us about like who is Liz? How did you get here? What oh, happened?
1: He's asking the deep questions, you guys. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I have the tissues here for a <laughs> yeah. reason. Right. Yeah.
1: So, basic introduction. Hi, my name is Liz O'Sullivan. Yeah. I work at AUIS. I've been here since 2012. I am currently the director of academic success and the academic counselor. Um, I started In 2012 in APP, actually. Which level? I was teaching listening and speaking. That was before we redid the curriculum. I was teaching listening and speaking in level two. Mm -hmm. And then I switched into reading. And then we overhauled the curriculum completely because we needed to have more of an integrated approach. So APP students were coming through and everything was compartmentalized. Grammar is only in grammar class. Writing is only in writing class. Reading is only in reading class. Talking is only in talk class. And study so there skills. Are both for yeah. APP? Oh, yep. <laughs> that's a lot. And so the feedback that we were getting from the undergraduate profs was that if you were in a lit class, that separation in APP between reading and writing and grammar wasn't really coming together well. Mm-hmm. Civ class, it wasn't coming together. There are all these courses in the core that students were getting into, but we only focused. On everything separate, so we combined it into two classes, and that way it was more of an integrated learning approach and it's better pedagogy
0: yeah, so for what you guys just were. Yeah, so like reading and writing, right?
1: Reading and writing, and the study skills that I was doing in the listening and speaking class yeah. were then incorporated into everything. Yeah. Grammar is in everything, so it's not something you learn separately; it's something that you learn through your reading and through your writing.
0: So instead of like only this thing, it's focused on this thing, but it also had like all the other important stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah. So the other courses became elements of support for your main needs.
0: Yeah. And like, where did you go to college?
1: Um, Undergraduate, I went to a little itty bitty school called St. Mary's College of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in the States, in the state of Maryland, Yeah, in the city of St. Mary's. It's very, very self-explanatory when you look at the name. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> a religious place. It is not a religious place <laughs> at all. Yeah
0: very obvious and like <laughs> how was the experience there
1: um i loved it yeah yeah it was a great four years it was um challenging as uni is
2: mm-hmm.
1: i like many of your classmates went in with a goal and this is what i'm gonna do when i grow up i'm gonna do and then i got there in my first year and i was like nope
0: that's not true
1: nope that is not what i want to do mm. um I, my whole goal was I was going to go pre-med. I was Mm -hmm. going to do biology so I could get accepted into med school. And then I was either going to pursue, um, ear, nose, and throat so I could be an allergist Mm -hmm. or I was going to go into psychiatry. Oh, I'd love to (laughs) do psychiatry. And I hadn't decided which one yet. you're doing that kind of no. And so instead I switched to psychology Mm. because I didn't want to go to med school anymore because I hate, sorry, Dr. Mo. um, (laughs) I hate classifying organisms in biology.
0: Yeah, same here. Same here, indeed. The
1: The rage I would feel when I had to decide if it was kingdom species or phylum (laughs) just got to be too annoying. But then I could keep up the stuff that I really did enjoy, the Mm -hmm. neuropsychology aspect, Um, the long-term brain development, things like that, disorders, disabilities, things like that were really cool. Educational and developmental psychology I love.
0: Yeah, and like you, you finished with psychiatry,
1: like. Uh, you... So my major was in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I double-minored in Spanish language and literature as well as theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was a little bit busy in undergrad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you graduated when.
1: A while ago.
0: (laughs) A while ago, indeed. A while
1: ago, indeed. No, most of the campus knows. Um, So we're not going to play that whole women aren't supposed to tell their real age (laughs) game here. We're past that, you guys. Um, I graduated college in 2005. Yeah, that's not that far away. That's not.
0: And, like, how was the transition from Maryland to
1: Sioux I there was a little bit of a winding path. So I graduated college in 2005. I moved to Texas because I was going to start graduate school in psychology and counseling and research Mm -hmm. um, in 2005, right after I graduated. Um, As many of our students are aware, and our graduates especially are aware, education, especially um, graduate education in the United States is not cheap. Yeah. So after my first year I really didn't have the funding available to continue my graduate school. Mm. So I had to take a little bit of a break. I stayed in Texas. I returned to Maryland after that. And then I returned to my hometown of Philadelphia for a couple of years. And then I moved to Sully in 2012.
0: And, like, Mm. if you have the opportunity back, would you finish, like, the grad school and everything?
1: Well, I mean, if a fairy tale creature was going to give me a, a... Bunch of money so I could finish it, then yeah, I definitely would have. Okay. but <laughs> I, will, I will hook you up with the fairy tale. Alright, if I can get fairy tale and a time machine, then yes, I definitely would go back and redo that. Yeah,
0: and like, how was Sully?
1: I love Sully, obviously. I've been here for almost a decade. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I took a break for a little while to go to Ireland and to get my master's in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the only break I've had in the last nine and a half years.
0: And when was that?
1: I went. I got that degree. I finished in 2019. Yeah, I finished my school and my thesis in August 2019. I turned in my thesis on a Thursday, and I was back in Suli by that Tuesday.
0: Good job. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) And like, first of all, like, how was Suli in the beginning? And I want to talk about like the the degree in in theater. So okay. Yeah. So.
1: It's been really fun to see Sully develop the way that it has over the last nine years.
0: Yeah, I have to see it for nine years to just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it I'm looking
1: that. forward to see what happens in the next nine years, I'll be yeah. honest. Um, I am going to do something that people at home would hate, because people hate it when bad pictures of Philadelphia get painted. Um, <laughs> we have a bit of a reputation in the States. So... <laughs> um, one of the things I was most surprised about in Suli was in my first year, I accidentally left my cell phone in a taxi cab. Yeah. In my home city, you will never see that cell phone again. It will be turned off, the SIM card will be ripped out, and it will be sold before you even realize it's gone. Mm-hmm. Most places. Um, that's just, you know, part of life. Yeah. Instead, the taxi driver was like, I dropped her off at Pac City. She works at the American University. Let me figure it out. Let me figure it out. Let me figure it out. And that taxi driver found me. Yeah. Yeah. Through you know calling a mm-hmm. university, calling people on our security team, and was able to like find where I was on the uni to be able to get me my phone back. Wow. Which was pretty amazing. Instead, like that was one of my greetings to Suli. Was that kindness, that generosity, and that care yeah. of a stranger who could barely even get a couple words out. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if that thing happens here a lot or like other places a lot, but that's that's unique. Yeah,
1: I <laughs> yeah. thought that was really special. Yeah. You know you can't leave your backpack or your handbag or anything that looks valuable unattended in a lot of places. Yeah. Whereas here if you know you're sitting outside, you're out in Sahaka and you're having a cup of tea and You're hanging out with your friends because it's a beautiful day and somebody steps away to go take a picture or something. When you come back, you know, your bags are going to be there.
0: Not all the times, but most of the time.
1: Most of the time they will. Like occasionally there's always people who are a little sketchy, but culturally, I think it's really cool that the expectation isn't automatically we have to protect because we know somebody's going to steal our stuff. It's I stepped away and oh man, somebody did. But most of the time somebody won't. I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah yeah that's pretty nice and like afterwards so that was like in your first year like yeah. yeah yeah
1: so that was back in 2012 yeah. um yeah it's just been i don't know it's been a very chill nine years i say that it's not been <laughs> 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 there have been a lot of ups and downs um if we look at the reality of what the last nine years entailed yeah um in Suli, yeah um so, yay for bad memories for everybody. Yeah. Um This was during Dash. Mm.
0: And like, before we talk about theater school, like you were here around like 2014 and ISIS. Yep. Shibang, so yep. what happened?
1: Um, they didn't win.
0: <laughs> Thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woohoo. Thank God.
0: Yeah. And like, uh, how's it affect? because I wasn't here, obviously, so right. like, did it affect uni as much as COVID, or like?
1: Um, COVID had more of an effect on everyone. I feel like just in a different way. Mm. The immediate the immediate danger of both situations was very different. Um, so for our students that were from areas that were more affected, it it was really bad. We you know we have students from a variety of places. We had students here from Mosul. Yeah. We had students whose families were at risk on a regular basis. We have students whose parents are involved with Peshmerga. Um, We had students who were Peshmerga, who were in class on Tuesday and out on the lines on the weekend. weekend. It it was very different than the COVID emergency because it was a different situation. You really can't compare the two. Mm.
0: Okay, so theater school yay yeah how did that happen
1: everyone noticed that smooth transition into a less sad topic (laughs) enough sadness let's go on yeah we've had enough of that Yeah, exactly um theater was pretty cool yeah yeah as you personally know i'm a giant nerd
2: are you a small body giant yeah. nerd no. <laughs> okay yeah
1: so it was nice to take a little bit of a break and be surrounded by other people who were just as excited about the same topic and you're surrounded by people that make you feel i'm not nerdy i'm passionate exactly and that's that, my
0: whole motto. like i've been dying for that yeah <laughs> so that
1: was just a really nice moment to just Have other people who are just as passionate about a singular subject as you are Mm. and excited to learn about it and share ideas and bounce it off of each other. And then you get like worked up into this giant like nerd tornado and all of a sudden you're making some really, really cool projects with everybody.
0: Yeah. And like, how how are plus like, is it fun or they suck the fun out of the whole subject?
1: Definitely didn't suck the fun out of it. Um, The thing about grad school. It is definitely hard, yeah. but because you get to pick more of what you're interested in, it follows along with what you like. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have this prescribed, you have to learn a little bit about everything to make sure that you're ready for the next step because you're already at the next step. Mm-hmm. You have your foundation in place. Now it's up to you to take the research you did in undergrad or in the job that you took between undergrad and your graduate time and really develop what it is that you like so i had been here for a while i had been doing drama club and i wasn't really sure what i wanted my research to be in but i knew it was time for me to go take a moment and explore that yeah and i was able to that was really cool
0: so yeah okay and I like i've seen like the play in the 12 angry women yeah. Yeah. Back so in the day. that was 2015. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that was yeah. yeah. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> so, like, how did it go? And like, I've read about like Dubai
1: or something like this. Or? Um. Oh, that was a busy year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Drama was established at AUAS back in 2010. Yeah. No, 2009, I believe, was the first performance. Um, so there have been all kinds of different performances that have happened since and then. And
0: who like was the head of drama back then?
1: It was a gentleman named Peter Friedrich. Okay. He was here for about five years. Yeah. Um, Great guy. Hey, Peter. Maybe you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, great guy, really, really helpful when I got here. He was the one who turned to me and said... So I heard a rumor uh, that you might have done theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that true? And I was like, yeah. He was like, can you help me out? I need a little bit of support. And then when he left, I took over for him. Yeah. And the shows that we did together were part of this amazing festival that Dr. Uh, Marie Labrosse, who is the uh, establisher, the founder of Kashkul, Yeah. Um, put together, it was called the Social Justice Festival. It was a week long. Arts fest basically mm. with a focus on social justice. Yeah, so we had a play that was written by st- by a student and performed by either APP students or first semester undergraduates. Okay, so everybody in that show was early on at their time here. Yeah, and then we had a second show that was performed by sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Yeah, so the two of them were part of that. <clears throat> Peter left and I kind of took over for drama We did a couple other shows. Uh, 12 Angry Women was a workshop, actually.
0: Yeah, I've read it's a workshop, then it was developed into theater, and there was like yeah. Kevin Spacey somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's really fun to look up. It's like, to look on now at this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Kevin Spacey out of Ob- all. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So what happened was, uh, we did this really cool workshop, and two of the actresses in it applied for this thing it was called the um middle eastern theater academy yeah Mehta. and that was the one that was in charge actually yeah so it wasn't just an auas thing but was for the entire region mm-hmm. and they were taking students from specific countries and of the students who applied be they kurdish arab whatever um our two students were the only people from iraq to go yeah and they also happened to be in 12 Angry Women. Mm-hmm. So they got to use clips from the, from the play that had been recorded as part of their audition material. And that was pretty cool. So they already had a little bit of a portfolio in place that made them a little bit more eligible to, be able to get into the program.
0: And, like, this is, so by then, like, 2015, you are, like, head of drama club, right? Yeah, I've
1: been running drama for a couple of years at that point and hmm. teaching an APP at the same time.
0: And mm-hmm. I remember like attending my uh, Something Earnest, the play. Uh,
1: the Importance of Being Rasco. It was an that adaptation was of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest.
0: Yeah, and that, that was 2019, right?
1: Yep, that was 2019. We also did, uh, in 2016, a version of Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. Hmm. Um, that was the one that we did in collaboration with the British Council. And it was for the, it was for an international celebration of Shakespeare Mm -hmm. um, called Shakespeare Lives that the British Council was doing anywhere that they had a council. They did a play. They did some kind of performance. Um, There was a traveling play. Their goal was to get into every country they legally could and Mm -hmm. put that show on. So that was fun. Um, and then our show was Midsummer Night's Dream, and we were able to perform it in Suli. And then we went to Hell There and performed at the Citadel. And then we went and performed in Da Hook as well.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: So we have 15, the 12 and We have 16, the Shakespearean thing. Mm-hmm. We have 19, my the importance of being enlisted. And like.
1: We also did a performance of Medea. Yeah. Um, we did an original show called Will's Cafe, that was a mini Shakespeare thing that we had done that was something that was collaborative between myself and the students yeah. Um, there was there were the two shows that I was just talking about in 2013 um, one is called Nine Parts of Desire and the other one was the student production um, which was a really really powerful look at um, femicide so mm-hmm. that's still relevant today. It was a dark comedy about uh forced marriage. Yeah.
0: And do we have those here?
1: <clears throat> I don't think we have any.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I it was think like back in the days. Yeah. In the days, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Attended. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So.
2: yeah. so,
1: we're still, you know, we're still dealing with that that issue hasn't gone away just because it's not 2013 anymore. Um yeah. it was uh, a student named Mahdi Marad who wrote that, and he was generous enough with his writing that he allowed for a lot of collaboration between himself, the cast, and that way we could have a variety of inputs. Um, we had women's perspective in it, as well as the male perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to bring a variety of ages and backgrounds into it, and I think it made for a really, really powerful show. So that one was called The Arranged. Um, since again, it was about arranged marriage mm. and it was about uh, the threat of honor killing. And to turn something that was that serious a topic into a black comedy, I think was very bold mm. on the choice of Mekdi and on uh, the shoulders of Peter since he was the one who was helping Mekdi develop the script. So yeah, it's been a very interesting couple of years.
0: Yeah, and like for someone who hasn't been... In theater that much like how would you convey the scene there like like it's obviously starts with the writing but when you take over as like the director of the whole thing so what can you give us like an insider look
1: yeah sure so the process of putting a play together really depends on the play that you choose mm-hmm So, the fun thing about going to school in Ireland is Ireland is a country known for their writers. Mm -hmm. That is, like, one of the big things that, like Oscar Wilde, for example. Everybody thinks he's British, he's Irish. Um, James Joyce, Irish. Seamus Heaney, Irish. Like, there's a lot of really, really powerful um, Irish writers out there. Beckett is one of the big ones. Um, And because of that there's not a lot of flexibility when your focus is on the writing the performance shouldn't really eliminate the words because they're there on purpose Mm -hmm. whereas from working with an American author or an Eastern European author um, it's going to be a little bit different if you're working with an older script you're free to adapt a little bit more because it's open source you don't have to pay the author to use it (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it's the guitar both. <laughs> exactly. So, for instance, the play that we did, Nine Parts of Desire, yeah. the author actually came as part of the Social Justice Festival. Her name's Heather Raffo. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an Iraqi-American woman. Um, her father is Arab. Her mother is a white lady from the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually came and did a bunch of workshops with mm-hmm. the actresses to really discuss why certain things were written and she approved any edits that we made for time or content. Yeah, Yeah, which was really, really cool. So they got to have a first-hand conversation with the the author and the director side by side. Yeah. So that was a really, really amazing experience that you don't get to have very often. The other side of that is, for instance, uh, the importance of being Roscoe. We were able to just take that and adapt it as much as possible. Mm that is a play written by an Irish man who was living in London at that point, making fun of London society. So we were able to kind of take it and look at the ramifications of how do you put that performance on in a different country a hundred years later. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to turn it into this really cool workshop where there were uh, members of the ensemble who were deep reading and then saying, this would be a really good example for how the audience would get it better. This is how we can throw in random Kurdish phrase. This is how we can throw in a random Arab phrase. Yeah. This is how we can point fun at certain elements of society and the way they present themselves, just like Wilde was doing. So yeah. it wasn't the words that Wilde wrote, it was the spirit of what he meant that we were able to include. So that was also really fun.
0: Yeah. And so so you say like flexibility is like a mm-hmm. thing for a director of theatre. Especially with the script. What else?
1: Yeah. So, I... Flexibility is really fun. The creativity is fun. Mm. It's really fun to, like, hand somebody a bunch of words and for that person to then create a character. Mm. Or to hand somebody an idea and say, okay, now I want you to do this and to watch them, like, transform. I think that's really fun. Either... When I was acting, I really loved to do that. And then as a director, I think it's even more fun in an educator Mm. to just watch people go from nervous into, okay, I'll try it, into, I think I can do it, into, oh my gosh, now they are a different person, kind of, the way they are able to manipulate the body, voice, and just really get into what it is they're trying to portray. I think that's really fun to watch and see develop.
0: Okay. One interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I remember back in 2019, the the play, there was a bit of alcohol there. Yes. So was that real alcohol or was it?
1: Of course it was not real alcohol. Oh. They were empty bottles that had pomegranate juice placed into them or iced tea.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I totally believe that story.
1: Uh, you should have smelled the rancid pomegranate juice when it actually stayed. I, I was sitting <laughs> in the back, that's why, <laughs>
0: that's why I didn't. But it looks real. Like, good job on that. You had the bottles, everything. That was impressive.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah. The secret is iced. Uh, you take a hot tea. You don't make it full strength. And you add in a little bit of apple juice. Yeah. Just a little bit. And then and water.
0: Th- and it looks like bourbon.
1: It looks like some kind of brown spirit. Mm-hmm. And then in a wine bottle, if you put um, grape, b- juice. grape juice and pomegranate juice together, mm. that usually works as well. And then you're set.
0: That's unfortunate. I really thought that they had alcohol in the middle of
1: university. Yeah, certainly not. That wouldn't be fair to ask students that possibly have uh, their religious beliefs compromised. Yeah. That's, that's bad on me as a teacher, but also as the director. You want to, You want your actors to be able to feel as comfortable as possible with what you're asking them to do. Mm. So if I were to violate their boundaries, their consent, their beliefs, yeah. then they no longer trust me to hold them in like safe guards. Yeah. So that's a that's a big part of my philosophy for how we approach things in
0: drama club. It was really good. I remember it like we went with Alex, me, Ayub, Hassan, and worked with Alex. It was pretty fun times. Cool. Yeah. And I think I still have the tickets or I, Ayub does. I don't know. We might.
1: Oh, shout out to Navan for designing those tickets. Yeah, they were pretty cool. <laughs> she did a good cool job. Pretty cool tickets, yeah. Yeah.
0: So one last thing before we start talking about Star Wars and movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a
1: shame this is a podcast; and you can't see my lightsaber tattoo. Yeah, as we're a talking about Star Wars,
0: and one of the fingers <laughs> on the side.
1: Uh, for the record, it's the purple one, yeah. like uh, Mace Windu's.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, back at your uni time, were there also like clubs and? Oh yeah. Yeah. And like how would you compare the scene? Like I asked Lowen this like and compared this the scene from back in his own days mm-hmm. and now. So if you can do like back in the days here, now and like Maryland. And
1: so when I first got here this is again, this is COVID related. So coming out of COVID, trying to get students to feel comfortable with clubs when mm-hmm. at the same time. Some of them are dealing with long-term health problems because they got COVID once or twice or their family members did or their scholarships are compromised because they're not set. The way they learn is not good for online learning, things like that. It's hard right now to get students back in the swing of feeling comfortable with club activities. So that is a little bit hard. Um, I kind of, I miss the fact that we used to have random concerts pop up. Mm. Music club used to just kind of step outside when the weather was nice and kind just start playing guitar every once in a while.
0: That's nice. Yeah, that was I'd really would love cool. to see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I kind of miss stuff like that. I miss um, spontaneous feeling mm. that we could have every once in a while where... It um, doesn't
0: have to be blunt. Yeah, you yeah.
1: experienced this a little bit when you first got here. Where you would just go and the ping pong table would be out yeah but time a
0: co- we had a concert like last semester as well yeah we had a band and everything
1: yeah so that like was stuff, pretty cool yeah. stuff like that's really fun um but you know time weather it's making sure that we have appropriate and safe materials for you guys yeah. <laughs> um so that that is a little bit different we had more club sport activities when i first got here than we do now so there were regular football games that you go and see um there was always uh, faculty student matchup matchups a lot um as (laughs) somebody used to play in them i definitely miss those a little bit but i'm also a good deal older now and my knees hurt
0: (laughs) so no you don't just your imagination yeah no the,
1: the weird creaking sound was Definitely not my kneecap popping.
0: That was the <laughs> disc, please. Don't put it in yourself. So and like the club scene in metal, like how was that?
1: Uh, that's gonna be completely different just because of the size of the student body mm. and the age of the school. Yeah. So that's the school had been established a lot longer. So for instance, um, some of the clubs that I was really involved in were service clubs.
0: Yeah. What were those?
1: Uh, we used to once a week go into local elementary schools and provide them with tutoring support and um, uh, adult mentors, basically.
0: That's nice.
1: Yeah, so students whose parents worked a lot and therefore they didn't have as much time with adults Mm -hmm. would give them a chance to have school time but with someone they could have as a mentor. And that was really cool. Sometimes they came to campus and would work with us and then sometimes we would go and visit them at their schools in their after-school program. And so that was really fun. We did a lot of homelessness awareness. Yeah. Because we were really close to Washington, D.C.
2: Mm-hmm. And there was a very large homeless
1: population in D.C. So we did a lot of advocacy for um, the, for people who were unhoused and mental health issues that came along with that. Either they were unhoused because they had mental health issues or they,
0: have mental they developed... Issues some
1: kind of, you know, stress reaction, trauma reaction due to their time without a home.
0: Yeah. (coughs) And, like, regarding movies and drama clubs, like, how Mm -hmm. was that back in the days?
1: Drama was different at my uni because it was a major. Mm. You can major in theater, you can major in film studies, you can major in media, kind of a deal.
0: I would love to see, like, a major in drama here. And they put, like, photos of the old drama club, the secret society at uni.
1: I know, that would be actually really cool. Yeah, um, Sunday. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, that would definitely be cool if we could do something similar to that. Yeah. But the, the way that my uni was cool is many universities that have a drama major yeah. do not allow non-majors or non-minors to participate in the performances. Mm-hmm. My school allowed you to do that. So I could be a psychology major getting a theater minor and still do the shows before I even declared I was a minor, I was able to start participating in my first semester. Yeah, And very much like every other <laughs> student that has ever had this happen, my grades did
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, grades aren't that the most important thing at uni.
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because, I mean, it wasn't the classes I was getting credit for and hadn't affected my GPA. It was yeah. clearly the play of course, yeah. that kept me up until midnight yeah, every night. Yeah, the clubs, night. the podcasts, yeah. you know. Yeah, the that's, usual. that's yeah. the way it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my parents were not exactly pleased about that. And there were a couple semesters where I was told no more theater this semester until you get your
0: grades up like my parents mm-hmm. stopped caring like not stop caring but like shouldn't they like stop being that strict at uni times
1: this was also when i was um, transitioning into my new major mm. so i went
0: in and i'm like i'm gonna be a doctor and i was like
1: fairly well scholarship <laughs> 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 so yeah okay I as, see, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as um as additional payment for yeah. no longer having a scholarship
2: yeah. my parents
1: requested that i every once in a while would take a semester off from theater mm. if it looked like my grades were in danger again because they didn't want me back on academic probation
0: yeah okay yeah okay. So. so
1: hey scholarship students that maybe had a problem right there with you
0: we <laughs> hear you so movies movies yeah how would start? Like first cinematic experience?
1: Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. At the cinema? Yes.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, did it teach you that moment that this is something Yes, out of this world?
1: Yeah, Oh, completely. Yeah. I, like, I remember the whole day. I remember the drive up. I, re- I still remember exactly what the theater was. It was called the Eric Eight. Because yeah. they only had eight theaters Um, that you could go see movies at. And I wait, was... Wait, what's, what's it called? Eric
0: 8. Eric, Eric 8. in Marlon?
1: It, no, this was outside Philadelphia.
0: Okay, outside Philadelphia.
1: I don't even know if it exists anymore. Um,
0: yeah, of course, due to some superhero movies.
1: But I was either like three or four years old when my parents took me to see that. Yeah. Three and a half, I think. Somewhere around there, because we hadn't moved into the city proper yet. We were still living out in the suburbs near my grandparents. So, yeah, it would have had to have been before my fourth birthday. Um, <clears throat> and it was just the coolest thing ever because it was this big uh, revival where back in the day, before we all <clears throat> watched things online, um,
0: completely legally, the good old days, yeah.
1: completely 100% legally yeah, watched yeah, things I, online. Yeah. Um, especially Disney, because you know how proprietary news with their ip
2: yeah
1: would release things from the vault it was Mm -hmm. called yeah and they would hold on to their movies and they wouldn't always be available for sale yeah and then all of a sudden it's coming out of the vault and you would have access to either purchase that movie or Or possibly go see it in the cinema yeah and snow white hadn't been re-released in a really long time Mm -hmm. since that is their first full-length feature yeah so it was a big it was some anniversary or something that year
2: yeah
1: so yeah here we are mid 80s little me is like so excited yeah because it's I a full cartoon and i used to watch cartoons all the time like he-man she-ra transformers gi joe that was like my life yeah when i was a little one and so i got to sit with my mom and dad and here's this popcorn that's the same size as me and they're gonna let me have soda and <laughs> this is the best day ever and then yeah. all of a sudden you know it goes dark and i hope oh, and And
0: like the the music
1: yeah and it was just such a powerful experience obviously since I was barely alive yeah and I still remember all of that
0: and like afterwards so this is three years old Mm -hmm. you and how did it develop
1: um Star Wars was a big part of it so it's funny that you brought that up yeah um my family were just movie people we're film people yeah yeah my uncle my uncle's only a couple years older than me yeah so growing up
0: let's talk about your uncle your uncle's cool person he is pretty cool yeah i'm pretty lucky yeah
1: hopefully he won't listen to this
0: (laughs) i will send him a link indeed all right
1: (laughs) um yeah my uncle's only a couple years older than me we are i am closer in age to him than anybody else in the family so he's more like a big brother to me and when i was like in middle school and he was in high school and then going into his first years in college. we would. Play, he started doing the whole, have you seen this movie yet? Yeah. No, I haven't.
2: Okay, you need to watch it. Yeah. And then every time we
1: would see each other, have you watched it yet? Like, no. It's the 90s. I do have access to just watch any movie anytime yeah. I want to. And so it was always like, all right, have you watched this yet? Have you watched this yet? And, oh, I remember he bugged me for like three years. Before I finally watched *Swingers*, yeah, that's <laughs> um, the beginning of John Travolta's like career. You now, yeah, he's a big deal. But yeah, yeah like he just kept bugging me and bugging me. That one *Rounders* that was what got me playing poker in college. Was watching *Rounders*.
0: Um, <laughs> poker indeed. Poker. Yeah, I
1: got really into like early Guy Ritchie movies because of him. Um, but yeah. And he would challenge me to make sure I actually watched them. and wasn't I, just telling him, like, yeah, yeah, I watched it. He'd be yeah. like, all right, cool. And then he would start, like, throwing quotes at me. Yeah. And if I couldn't quote back with him, he'd be like, you got to go watch it again.
0: <laughs> like, based on what I've seen, you better just, like, sit down with the person and make them watch the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, but, yeah. Uh, back in the day, it was a big difficulty. Yeah,
2: definitely. But and now
0: you should definitely do that. Because, yeah. like, you hear people about, like, just watch just watch this all the time. But no one actually makes yeah. the efforts to just sit down and watch things. So, yeah, I think that's the realistic solution for nowadays. Yeah. Just sit down with whoever who you want to and just watch the, the <laughs> goddamn thing here.
1: Well, the cool thing with that is then you're sharing the experience with yeah. somebody. If it brings you that much joy that you want somebody else to watch it, Yeah. then you can really have that shared experience of laughter or tears or, like, shock together Mm. and that's really fun and the hard thing with Buzz um, was that he was at college so as much as I looked up to him and as much as I wanted to we couldn't always watch that stuff together and then after he was done college I was in high school and so I was always busy as well Mm -hmm. and then I went away to my college myself and he was you know doing grad school and it was just this constant back and forth and back and forth of when we could actually do stuff like that together and it wasn't until we were both adults that we can regularly just be like, all right, cool, let's just sit down and watch a bunch of movies all day today. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah you can definitely do that today. Like, even if you were, like you had some distance between, you could still just do a watch party and exactly. throw something, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, one of the cool things during lockdown were all the Twitter view-alongs and everything mm. that would happen. Where yeah. you'd have people around the world commenting on the exact same show, starting it at the same moment. Like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I might have done that a lot with Doctor Who.
0: That would have been nice. So, uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Like you've seen the... Not the original ones. Or the original ones.
1: The first three?
0: You saw them in the cinema?
1: No, I was... I, no. Yeah, I know that's... No, uh, yeah. no, no. no! I didn't see them in the cinema when they were first released. I yeah. saw them when they did the, the stupid director's cut that switched uh, the infamous Han Solo scene. Um,
0: <clears throat> there are so many cuts, by the way.
1: I saw them with what was that little uh, early two thousands director's cut. Um, yeah, yeah, it was the early two thousands. It was the end of high school, beginning of college. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when all y'all were little babies. Um, that was when that was the first time I got to see him in the theater. It was the George Lucas digital remaster, and that was when he went in and like CGI'd all the cool practical effects that he'd yeah. done. He just went and CGI'd over everything and changed the Han Solo Grado scene. Boo! Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that was the first time I saw him in the theater. But I grew up watching those movies on TV.
0: Yeah. So, like the first one you saw, like, was a remake
1: of, of the, the first time, I don't even remember. No. <laughs> I don't even know. They were just always on. Mm. I I knew the big reveal before I understood what the big reveal meant. Yeah. I mean, it's been 30 years. I kind of feel like almost, no, it's been 40 years. I kind of feel like spoilers are a little bit over at this yeah. point. <laughs> but, spoilers
0: ahead. For like, I, kn- who hasn't watched Star Wars yet.
1: Yeah, I knew the whole Darth Vader thing before I knew the implications of what that. Darth like, Vader how did moment, it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was just something I always felt like I knew. I used to play with my uncle's figurines and he used to try to take his Millennium Falcon away from me but like no you can't touch that. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I used to have like my little green army men and Chewbacca having like little fights all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it was just always a part of my cultural consciousness and awareness mm. because all three of the movies were out by the time I was an alert human being.
0: Okay. <clears throat> okay. And what do you think of the entire nine movies and 70,000 spin offs and 7 million comic books? <laughs> so,
1: Mando is really good.
0: Yeah. Mando is, Mando really, is good. really good.
1: Um, I'm interested to see what happens with the next two. Will be one? Yeah. I'm yeah. really interested to see where we go with that. Yeah, that seems. A good well, I mean, one. Ewan McGregor's a really talented actor, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. And um, he the funny thing is he's almost the same age as Alec McGinnis was
0: when he was like when he
1: was Obi- Obi- <laughs> when he actually was being obi-wan. Yeah. Obi- so that'll be a really cool to see how they deal with that transition. Um, <clears throat> I used to be a bit of a will actually on this stuff. and I, yeah, I, I used to be a little bit like gatekeepy Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized I'm a grown up and that's messed up yeah. <laughs> and we, like, who cares it's all about having fun it's not about well it has to be perfect canon and this rah, 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 mm-hmm. and all that crap it's not worth it um, so I used to be really really like the original three are always the best and the prequels are terrible and then I realized actually Dr. Rachel Gresk is the one who pointed this out to me because I was being geeky um she was just like, it's because we were little mm. when we bonded with those. She was like, My cousins were little when the prequels came out. So they mm. bonded with those movies. So I've noticed that, that that's just an age difference thing. It's not a quality difference. It's an age difference about how old you were when those movies came out and what really you like emotionally resonated with. Yeah. As far as that. So I think It'll be interesting to see uh, in fifteen years what it's like for the people who are five mm. when the last three came out. I think that could be really, really interesting to see, like how they feel about those three movies compared to how, how, we? how you and I could talk about them.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> okay. What else? Like Star Wars is a big thing, obviously.
2: Yeah. What um. Else? I okay.
1: So I really enjoyed elements of the most recent three. Mm. There were parts of it that I thought that were really 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 well done. Yeah. I hate the fact that Disney bought them.
0: I mean they are so big now that they can buy everyone. Oh yeah, I
1: get that. It's not about the Disney ownership, yeah. it's about the forced timeline that comes out of that. Mm. Disney wanted them released on these days. Therefore, you had to have them released on those days. And it didn't matter if the writing was not in line. It didn't matter if Carrie Fisher died. This is when they are going to be released because Disney had a timeline.
2: Yeah, Because
1: they have so many different IPs to manage. that You have to make sure that Marvel is not in competition with, Star, not in, Wars. with Star Wars, which is not in competition with Pixar, yeah. which is not in competition with like Disney animated films. So, in order to manage all their IP financially, they have to hold to their deadlines. Yeah. The Marvel restructure that happened post-COVID, because of just everything being shut down, has waterfall effect on everything. It's not just the Marvel restructure. Then they had to make sure that everything else was restructured, too. It was just lucky that all the Star Wars stuff is on Disney+. Plus.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not in wide release right now. They're focusing on TV shows. So I feel like that was kind of a bummer because when G.J. Abrams took over for the third movie again he was already writing a film that had no connection to what Ryan Johnson wrote. Yeah. And I thought like I know people don't like the Ryan Johnson one but I thought Ryan Johnson had really really powerful commentary in that movie.
0: Uh, Roman Jones is the <laughs> second one, right? Yeah, that was right. the second one. Yeah. I love that one.
1: I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, same here. Um
0: it was actually my first Star Wars movie that I've seen. Really? The, like, cinemas, yeah. Yeah. It had like cosplays and like it was a, a big thing. I had a tour of the cinema back then because I was going there a lot. So that was pretty nice.
1: That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed that movie. I I saw that here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so, 2018.
1: Yeah. So when we did. Wait, did I see that one here? No, I saw the first one here. The so, Fox, Force Awakens, yeah. In in the third trilogy. Yeah. The third trilogy. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I get the, the originals, the prequels, and the sequels. Yeah. So in the sequels, um, a really cool thing that we did was a lot of the AUAS faculty, staff, um, and some of the other members of the community that we were all friends with. Yeah. So just people from all over Suli. We rented out City Cinema together. We uh we went at Auto Theater and City Cinema, yeah. so we could cosplay and nerd out. And as a very large group of about seventy five people, at ten in the morning, we got to go when the movie was first released. <laughs> exactly. So we're all, like, in our t-shirts. I have my, like, R2-D2 backpack. And, yeah. like, was that R2-D2 or was that Chewbacca? Yeah, yeah. I have my Millennium Falcon t-shirt. And I have my, like, Galaxy shirt, like, <laughs> dress on. And, um, yeah. yeah, like, we were all in different va- like levels of cosplay. and It was so much fun to just have that shared in a way that I never thought I was going to. And, you know, we've got people from all kinds of different backgrounds, countries, ages, all sitting together excited about one thing. Yeah. That wasn't a bad thing.
0: Yeah. It was just
1: really cool to have just
0: sh- emphasis on that. Yeah. yeah.
1: This really cool moment to just feel unbridled childhood joy. Yeah. Together as a very large group of people from so many different backgrounds. That was just so cool and something I'm never going to forget about my life in Sully. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I know. <clears throat> so, what else? CinemaWise. I'm se- like, besides Star
1: Wars. I'm really excited. I still haven't seen everything everywhere at once. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah? Yeah. That's the new A24 movie. I think they're actually one of the most compelling studios that's out right now.
0: Yeah, they they have, like, a good mixture between not fully indie movies mm-hmm. that doesn't have, like, the budget for making impressive stuff and movies that actually people watch. Yeah. And... That's a pretty nice combination of the two. Like, they have produced most of, like, the good stuff lately. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, like, they're doing things that are... Fresh,
0: yeah.
2: Exactly. It's not
1: here.'s a remake. Here's a sequel. Here's a reboot. Here's <sighs> an entire universe that's connected all together, and you have to like piece Watch it together. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, I love my Marvel movies, and all, Pick, but they're they're popcorn. Yeah. Sometimes I want steak. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we need more steaks. <laughs> uh, okay, I wanted to mention this before. Like, we we wrap things here. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Marvel. Censorship and sit cinema. Marvel. Opinions.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, your call cannot be connected. (laughs) (laughs) No connected indeed. No. um, The censorship that gets done, it's up to the country to make that choice of what they do and don't show. Hmm when a studio makes the choice of what they do and don't show based off of which countries will censor them, Mm. I think that's crappy. Yeah. So that's on Marvel's side. Yeah, that's that's again the Disney purchase Mm. where you won't take those chances because you want to make sure that the Chinese market is actually going to buy your film. So that was why it took so long for Black Panther to be made because the inherent challenges of having a black-led film in certain European, certain Asian markets means that it's not worth the investment.
2: Yeah. It's just
1: like, well, thats it's not about the bottom line. It's supposed to be about the art. It's supposed to be about the fun of the film. And so that's the thing that gets me. It's not like, all right, so people can decide to censor what they will, and, oh, no, got, like, the Eternals. There's a gay couple. Oh, whatever yeah. will we do? Like, Cool. You don't want that in there. You can censor it. But it's on Marvel to still put that in there because it's part of the comic book. Mm. So if you're keeping the adaptation true, that's you're a, you're, you're in a movie studio. Why not? And like the thing for me with with like
0: censorship in these countries, like whether it's Middle East or China or anything, like people are still going to watch the movie. Yeah. Like, don't be dumb about like there is the internet now. Like you can. not fully remove it from the universe
1: what the internet what is that
0: yeah like they are going to pay for it (laughs) or watch it illegally anyway so why not just have the money pocket? like that's what i don't like you are uh, officially a business that's running for profit like you want like i get why they do that (laughs) they want to prove a point that we we don't want to be forced about like what we show or what we don't show on our screens like i get that Mm -hmm. and i kind of get like the whole artistic view and like the the marvel aspect of things but it has been like going like for the eternals now with like doctor strange and everything like so many movies like even the new fantastic Beasts, like have been found some countries yeah like i don't like like where where's like the the bottom model like where will Dent
1: uh, a 45-minute version of Wolf of Wall Street. Exactly. That's, that's what we saw in DC2. No, yeah. it was. That's, that's how long it was when it was in, in the yeah. theater here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: like, people are going to see it. I, don't, I Well,
1: I, and you can also just go to Bazaar and get the DVD. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, like, I don't know. Like, I know the whole, like, proving a point thing, but I don't see, like... Any good places that could end this.
1: So here's the, th- here's the thing to think about. Yeah. As a business owner, well. where's your responsibility to your community? Mm. If you show the safe version and that person still wants to watch the unedited version that's on the individual, Yeah. they can make that choice after the fact. What did I miss out? Let's go watch it. Yeah. If... You unwittingly step into that and don't necessarily know what you're watching because you didn't realize you were going to the movies that day or your friends and all were just going to go out in a group and you you got vetoed as far as the choice goes. Mm. if that is something that you know if a gratuitous nude scene as The Wolf of Wall Street had did it <laughs>
0: <laughs> did is it.
1: part of um, something that you object to you don't feel compromised in that moment mm-hmm. because you didn't necessarily consent to have that in your view. Because you don't necessarily know when it's going to pop up. So you can't just like go and be like, oh, I'm going to go to the WC. Like, There is that to consider when we are living in a place where business owners need to cater to the entirety of yeah. their audience.
0: But like,
1: shouldn't
0: be like, like, here is w- how I see it. like mm-hmm. they they try to make the movies like appealing for everyone mm-hmm. and not like they they don't have as much age restrictions here as right. they should, and I think because like they want to sell more tickets, S- and not only that because like also they want to accommodate our traditional fundamentals and right. yeah, norms and everything. But, like, with the movie, you you keep cutting, like, leave, like, the odyssey and sex stuff. Like, if you keep removing, like, the, like, homosexuality things, the religious things, like, uh, there was, like, American Sniper was found in most countries. As it should have been. It's, it's a good movie, like. Yeah, it's propaganda.
1: Yeah, I know, but
0: <laughs> movie-wise, it's a good movie. Uh,
1: I say that as somebody who's from the same town as Bradley Cooper.
0: Candid. So, I don't know, like, I don't see it. The more I see it, like, you are just going to get more, more attention to the movie.
1: Well, and that was one of the things that we discussed in class when we were talking about censorship is that all it really does as we've seen over the years is that then, you're right, it brings more attention to the thing you're trying to ban. Yeah. So there is that
0: and you're not making any time
1: out of that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, I feel like that would actually be an interesting conversation to have with, I don't know, local business owners who have to make that choice.
0: Yeah.
1: I would love to hear like their it's, thoughts. It's
0: not it. bound <coughs> here. Like, the Marvel stuff, they're not bound here. No, that's not yeah. a big deal. It's only some Arabian countries.
1: Um, And a, and a lot of China yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. We have to wrap this, but we have to talk about cinema first. They are still closed. What the f, <laughs> Doctor Strange? You want to see that? <laughs> <laughs> like, do they really like? In, in what rationality they thought like closing the cinema when Doctor Strange is going to be released uh, is a good idea? Uh, and actually, we go there like we go there every once in a while. Like we just want to see, and I don't see any big updates. That's it's all like movie. they moved their cabins. And <laughs> <laughs> like they have the closest, to the middle of like beginning of middle of Ramadan, and now it's more than Eid. We want to see the movie. Bring Come us on. the movie. <laughs> yeah, just, just open it. We want to see it.
1: I haven't been inside a movie theater in a really long time. It would be nice to be in one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Favorite movie and favorite TV show before we wrap this.
1: Favorite Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. And TV show. Favorite TV show? That's one that always changes. For now. Today's favorite TV show of the day is... um, What is it today? It might still be The Simpsons.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that one.
1: Not all the seasons of The Simpsons. Yeah. But the relevance of and the impact of The Simpsons was like undeniable and I think it still is yeah, because like you grow up with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 pretty cool. Got made fun of because I wasn't allowed to watch it and everybody else was, so we used to sneak it.
0: <laughs> As you should. See, censorship doesn't work. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Example proven. <laughs> Example proven.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh thank you thank for you. being here. Uh, I really enjoyed this. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys for having me. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, it has been fun. Okay, Uh, for everyone who's still listening to now, thank you for listening, and have a good day. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.